Kevin Bacon. You have to pretend you're an actual hero or else Christmas is doomed. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure, fine. Uh, hello, I'm the Batman. I mean, I'm the, hello, I'm Bruce Wayne. Who is Bruce Wayne? No, don't be someone else. Be Kevin Bacon, but like if you didn't suck. And here we go. It's the comic, the comic, the comic, comic book bullies. Man, you come right out of a comic book. Welcome back to the Comic Book Bullies from Nerds New Bully. Me host, Leroy, a.k.a. Throw Out Those Leftovers with my co-host. Yeah, this is Eli, a.k.a. McFly. <laughs> McFly. <laughs> yeah, we're back with another episode. And yeah, oh, hopefully everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Hopefully had a good Black Friday. Hopefully had a, what do you call it, Green Saturday, I guess? I never and, heard uh, that one. I might have made that up. I don't know. I is may that, have heard Is that where you got know. high? Did you just smoke? Smoke maybe that's why I don't do it day. anymore. Maybe because I come with these crazy ideas, you know. <laughs> oh, and happy uh, Cyber Monday to everybody. Because apparently Black Friday is dead. All hail Cyber Monday. This is the new uh, Lord and Savior for us. So we'll see how it goes. Let's see what we got here. We got Vic Cup coming in hot. Oh, we got Jake house. coming Jake in hot. Food, Jake what food. What's going on? So everybody's coming in hot. We got the usual suspects here. Uh, chime in. Everybody let us know what you had for Thanksgiving dinner. Even though I know we all had the same thing. Except, Eli, there's one thing. Uh, we Since some of our family members are getting older, we have some cousins that decided to cook this year. So I don't trust their cooking. I know my aunts. I, I eat their food. But my cousins, I don't know theirs. So <laughs> now they're serving pie. And I don't know if it's sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie. I don't know what the fuck they're on. So I'm, I'm scared to eat it. You know. Sorry, black people both. don't do pumpkin pie. Like me. No. I had both. <laughs> black people don't do pumpkin pie we don't sweet potato pie that's what we got <laughs> i will eat pumpkin pie in certain settings <laughs> uh yeah that being said let's just, just jump into it like i said we got actually a meaty show we're just gonna jump into it hopefully everybody got a chance to see what we're about to talk about because we're going to talk about uh the guardians of the galaxy special well holiday special uh came out this week uh and we're just going to just talk about like i said this is one of the last things james gunn is going to do for marvel before he packs everything up and just goes over to dc because that is on the board matter of fact people are are mad at him for promoting this <laughs> even though he's with dc you know uh what's wrong with, with pie Eli? no nothing's wrong with pie it's just if you're gonna serve me pumpkin pie don't tell me a sweet potato pie i need to know what kind of pie i'm eating before i eat the pie otherwise it's gonna be messed up you know same thing. uh american pies thanksgiving that's just apple pie that's, yeah apple, apple pie is apple pie you know uh because with sweet potato pie and pumpkin pie you can't tell that they look the same but they're different pretty much they're pretty much the same thing pretty much kind of not really sort of sort of yeah i'm just saying don't don't fool me that's all i'm saying all right anyway <laughs> let's talk about uh the guardians of the galaxy holiday special uh it was very interesting it wasn't very long this was a special not a movie uh, it's about as long as a CW episode. It's like 44 minutes. Get in, get out. You know, you just watch it and that's it like that. Uh, all the Guardians were there except for Gamora because the more, I mean. So, uh, yeah. So I had yeah. a question. What what mm-hmm. the timeline was? When did this take place? Was this right this after the after, snap? This is after Love and Thunder. 
after Love and Thunder. So where the fuck was Gamora? Right. Remember, she left to go find herself. Because remember, it's not their Gamora. It's 2014 Gamora. Yeah, I know. Did she? I mm-hmm. thought she. I, I couldn't remember if like was she with them or did she take off? I can't remember. So. She took off. She took off. Yeah. So she took off and they can't find her. Oh. Ah, okay. So they're still looking for and they can't find her. And the reason they can't find her is why uh, Peter Quill is depressed, which is part of the plot of this whole show. Mm-hmm. And they even threw him some quick dialogue is that the they're on nowhere right now and they bought nowhere and they said they bought it from uh the collector so apparently the collector is not dead we thought thanos killed him apparently he's still alive he just sold him ne- nowhere and just left so cosmo was on nowhere he actually got free because of one of the things that got destroyed so cosmo is just there mm-hmm. so then they explain why cosmo part of the team he's a part of the team he's in the comics he runs nowhere go with it just move that's the that's the thing plus we can tell how uh the timeline is just for looking at group like I said, Groot oh yeah, yeah, is, he was older. He he was older. Like and people are like, why did he look like the old group from the first one? Because it's not the same group. I keep telling you, the first group died. He's dead. This is his son. Like he asexually reproduced before he before he checked out. So well, this whole time, Rocket and the Guardians have been raising his son, which is why he has a completely different personality, completely different look, because he's not the same group. So hopefully that's taken care of. Um. And yeah, and this whole thing is really about Mantis. Mantis is the star of this thing, which we really haven't. She's like the most underutilized guardian we've had so far because, like I said, she came in late. She's kind of like a background player, but this one, yeah. the whole focus about her, so we get to find out her personality. And I didn't know she could whoop ass like that. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and it's funny because in the comics, <clears throat> she is like maybe one of, if not the best martial artist in comics. Well, we never in, seen in her in that. We never seen that in the movie. Like we've never, never seen it in Marvel. Never yeah, happened in the movie. She just kind of just sits back in the background. Yeah, but in the comics, she whooped both Captain America's and Black Panther's ass on separate camp before. And like easily. Like, like they were nothing with her, you know. So because she's Vietnamese, of course she and it's the 70s. <laughs> so <laughs> but that's the thing. So yeah, so we never seen a whoop ass before. We never seen her get angry with anybody before. Because a couple of times she was just like, I can't put up with your shit, Drax. Like Drax was just getting on the nerves and she was just yelling at him. I was like, well, damn, like nobody did that distraction before. She's the first person to do that, you know. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and the big bombshell, spoiler for everybody, haven't paid attention. Big bombshell, she's Star Lord's sister. Now, a lot of people think that this is some kind of uh like retcon that just came out of nowhere and they just like doing some Luke and Leia shit where well, I'm gonna just write some shit before I get the fuck up out of here. Uh, I I beg to differ, Eli, because I'm going to pull up receipts. Oh shit. I, I call this back in 2018. <laughs> yes that far back four years ago i called it back then uh because james gunn dropped enough hints on there that it wasn't like out of nowhere and just shock it it was like it was there it's just like if you just it basically just like i'm giving you the breadcrumbs the whole time since you're not catching it i'm gonna just tell you what it is for instance let's go back to guardians of the galaxy volume two let's look at this scene enhance let's move in okay oh look at the technology okay so in that scene this is a brief scene that happened in there that's where you see uh star lord i mean i'm sorry ego was like you know having sex with like a million chicks all over the universe shit like that and one of them looked exactly like you know um uh, mantis mom you know um where's that scene i think it's right here i don't have it ah i had the scene but anyway yeah so that's what's going oh here we go that's the scene boom so that's the chick so that was the chick that was in that scene right there her scene got cut but that's mantis mom right there so 
like I said, ego being ego, pulling baddies left and right all over the universe. That's what he did. So, yeah. So all the clues were right there. It's just getting James going to find this side to say, hey, that's a sister. And that kind of propels the storyline because it's a Christmas story. It's not about the universe ending or shit like that. She just wants to get a present for her brother. Boom. Something simple. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, of course, you got James Gunn, wicked humor in there where it's all about, you know, home invasion, burglary, human trafficking, shit like that in a in a Christmas movie. And Eli left out. But uh, don't worry. Don't worry, Jake. Eli will come back. I'm going to keep talking. Matter of fact, get my shit out while he's there. Is there an expert version? Uh, no, this is just Christmas. Matter of fact, this is very, very PG. Uh, let's, let's jump back in here. Eli, how you looking? You there? Yeah. Is that oh, yeah. You, you jumped out, but you're back in now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I just I got kicked out for some reason. <laughs> it's weird. I didn't kick you. I didn't boot you. <laughs> Jake missed you. <laughs> uh, but no, it, there's no X-ray, X-rated version. This is very PG, but it's like like 80s PG, if that makes any sense. Because <laughs> like just weird, wacky shit just happened all the time, stuff like that. Also, some other crazy things that happened in this. Uh, we find out that the GoBots are canon. You know, and not just like the toys are canon. No, like the characters are canon. Apparently, one of them killed Drax's cousin and stuff like that. So I thought that was really weird. And for those who don't know what the GoBots are, for 80s kids, the kids grew up in the 80s, the GoBots are basically what your mom gets if the Transformers were too expensive or sold out. She got your GoBots. So that was. And like, I believe the GoBots predated the Transformers by like I think a few so. months. But then Transformers came out like, whoa, fuck these GoBot things. Yeah. Right. It's like GoBots was like the Wish version. The, the dollar know, store the Transformers. Dollar store, tree, <laughs> Kmart version. That's what GoBots yeah. was. It was just like, like if your mom got you GoBots, she didn't love you. That's basically what it was. You know. So it was all about Transformers. But I'm thinking that did James Gunn do that because he couldn't get a hold of, you know, Rom Space Knight? Because that was also a toy company back in the Marvel that Marvel was doing uh, comics for back in the day. And the funny thing about ROM Space Knight is that they they lost the rights to ROM, but all the other stuff they put in there, they kept. Like the Space Knights, that's still in there. The Dire Wraiths, who like ROM's bad guys, stuff like that. All those guys are still in Marvel. And it's funny know. because Transformers started out as a Marvel comic. All right, there you go. Transformers yeah. started out as a Marvel <laughs> comic. They did the toys first. And then the comics came, and then the cartoons came based on the comics, the Marvel comics. That's where it came from. And the weird thing about the Transformers comics is that they were actually in continuity, in canon, with Marvel comics. Like other Marvel heroes, like the Avengers Spider-Man, would reference shit they did. So Marvel was a weird time back in the 80s. They just did whatever. So it wasn't like it was a separate continuity. It was all together. Anybody could show up at any time. So, And I'm thinking that James Gunn do that as a rep because he couldn't get his hands on ROM or Transformers. And he said he talked to the owners of GoBots, and he said they, they were cool with it. You know, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, also, the main thing we need to talk about is that this whole holiday special, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, is an homage to everybody's favorite holiday special, Star Wars. <laughs> because all there's so many references in here. First, first off, people don't, don't know the ho- uh, Star Wars holiday special. It's because George Lucas hated so much, he basically tracked every copy down he could and destroyed it with a, with a sledgehammer. But the thing was, it was like a variety show. So it had a lot of things going on. You had animation. You had like singing, dancing. You had skits. You had comedy, stuff like, well, attempts at comedy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the actors forced to be there, <laughs> you know, all that stuff there. So Guardians of the Galaxy was the same way. It opened up with an animation sequence. James Gunn said he did it on purpose, you know, to kind of like mirror Star Wars. It opened up with a uh with a song, 
you know, like this big holiday number song. Uh, and I thought the song was awesome. They were talking about how how stupid Santa is. And when you oh, think the about Guardian Santa's tradition, song, not the Star Wars song. Not the Star Wars song. Not Donna Summers doing that weird sexual song in, in Star Wars. Yeah, because the Star Wars holiday special is a pile of shit. <laughs> it is a pile of shit, but it's a nostalgic pile of shit. It's like, it's your rite of passage to be a Star Wars fan to watch that. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, only once. Watch it Only once, once only then, once. You're right. Yeah, yeah it is it is pretty painful. <laughs> It is pretty painful because you watch, you're just like, what the fuck am I watching? Obviously, they was on every drug known to man when they made that shit. But if you was if you was there, you I think everybody it. was. If you, I'm sure Carrie Fisher and all, all the whole cast was high. Oh, yeah. High as it. They had to be. That's the way they get in there. <laughs> I'll pay you in drugs. And, you it know, was, anyway. and it, what's 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 funny is it's the official sequel. It's the first sequels. It's the first Star Wars sequel. It's the first thing they did after the original Star Wars because <laughs> it predates Empire, you know. So think about George Lucas. He made the prequels, stood by that. But the Star Wars special was the thing. He was like, no, I'm putting my foot down. Nobody will ever see this. So that's the one thing he said that will not get made. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, what are we also talking about? Um, yeah, just like I said, the the comedy scenes, the singing in there. I love the song. Everybody need to go replay that song, listen to the lyrics, because the stuff they said about Santa was was hilarious <laughs> and true. <laughs> That's the crazy thing about it. Uh, and the whole I thing. Was, rap- I was yeah. really disappointed when Kevin Bacon picked up the guitar and he didn't play Footloose. <laughs> they they might have had to have the rights. I don't think they had the rights for it. That was I cool. was like, oh man, is he gonna play Footloose? Oh shit! I was like, oh man, he's playing a Christmas song. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but isn't he like a singer for real? Like he had his own band or something? I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay, so I think somebody told me that. Like he has a he has a band with his brother, or something like that. So yeah, uh, what do we got here? The Bacon Boys, Kick Ass soundtrack. I got it with the soundtrack. James Gunn released a soundtrack on Spotify. James Gunn has his own profile on Spotify where he just dropped playlists. It's like the yeah. guy is a music head. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's always got the deep cuts, the pogues and shit, and yeah. Uh, yeah, so I thought it was pretty some, awesome. And, some, and plus, yeah. James Gunn being James Gunn, there's all kind of Christmas songs spread out all through the song. Mm-hmm. Like, I think when they were chasing Kevin Bacon, I think the name of the song was like, uh, I want an alien for Christmas or something like that, with basically what, you know, uh, Mantis was trying to do, catch an alien for Christmas, because that's what Kevin Bacon is to her. Uh, the Kevin Bacon show is bacon. Not in this movie. I'm pretty sure if you Google hard enough. This is Disney, yo. What do you expect? This is Disney, yeah. But like I said, <laughs> the internet is a wild and wonderful place. I'm pretty sure it's out there if you if you even look kind of hard for it, you know. Um, but I did like that Kevin Bacon was the MacGuffin of the thing. Like the whole thing revolved around Kevin Bacon. Um, and he, he was great. It looked like he had fun doing it, you know, just doing it. So I like that. Um like I said, it was just a fun thing. It's his heart, sweet, you know, sugary, all the stuff people say they hate about Marvel, stuff like that. It's what I like. It's it's Christmas. <laughs> it's a Christmas show. So it's not supposed to be, you know, blood and titties all over the stuff like that. It is a Christmas show. That's what not, it is. Well, that's not Disney. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, yeah, this was cute. This was fun and cute. You're right. It was fun and cute. Mm-hmm. You know, it is weird seeing after watching Peacemaker and then seeing right. Disney muzzled James Gunn again. <laughs> <laughs> put the shackles on James Gunn. Okay, you know, keep keep it PG. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> um, but no, it, it was fun and cute. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, I had a good time. I laughed. Uh, yeah, it was, there was some heartwarming moments. Yeah, especially when Star Lord comes out and sees the whole town all Christmassy and shit. 
Right. Like, oh, that, that was that was pretty that was pretty nice. And then realizing they they had Kevin Bacon in a box. <laughs> You're like, y'all got a body in here? Let me go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I, I, I had a good time. You know, for the yeah, even like simple was, stuff yeah. like you know, Cragden and Tilden, uh, you know, Kevin Bacon, like your movies inspired him to do great things. You know, which is you know what movies are yeah. all about. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah so, pretty much. I like that. Oh, at the end when Mantis finally told her saw his sister, and he's like, like all the stuff that Mantis did, just her telling him that he was like, No, that is the greatest gift that I have another, you know, another blood family member out there. So and that's the know, thing that yeah. James Gunn has always done very well is is get to the heart, get to the emotional yeah. he, way. He grounds um, the characters, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these misfits characters that find solace in each other. And uh that that's what he it's pretty much the theme of all of his movies. There's always a little emotional heart you know, to, to, to every story he makes. And, uh, and that was there here in tenfold though, because it was Disney. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was super, super sweet, super sugary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I say, it's, it's a family thing. If your family is around there, you know, this is something to watch, you know, if yeah. this was back in the eighties, it would be one of those things that would play on network TV every year without just like the Charlie Brown things like that. It would be one of those things. Yeah. But now we live in the streaming area, we'll pretty much forget about this week now. But that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. So. And it was cute. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, cute and fluffy. Yeah. Cute and fluffy. But what you expect? It's a Disney Christmas show. It's yeah. exactly what you expect from a Disney Christmas show. You know? Yeah. So I'm going to slap a rating on. I'm going to give a rating. Four out of five. Like I said, get in, get out. It hit the spot where I need to hit it. And I was good. I was entertained. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll back that. Yeah. Four out of five. Rocket got Winter Soldier's arm, which was funny as hell, you know? Yeah. People are mad about that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> because why not? People are mad about everything. Like, how you, how can uh, Nebula beat a Winter Soldier? This is woke propaganda. He's like, wait, what? She's a fucking cyborg alien. <laughs> I thought it was funny. It's, it's like, you know, even though the, like they were dropping, it's like Love and Thunder, there was like, it was jokes every 30 seconds. Some of them yeah. hit, some of them didn't. But mm. it was still funny when... <laughs> When they when they open up when Star Lord opens up the box, his present, which is Kevin Bacon, mm-hmm. and Kevin Bacon freaks out and starts running away. Nebula pulls out her gun. <laughs> Don't run for me, Kevin Bacon. Oh, she, was about, laughing, she was about to she was like, did she just pull her fucking strap? <laughs> <laughs> he like please don't kill kevin bacon <laughs> <laughs> you cannot run me yeah just simple shit like that man I, I was laughing when i saw this so yeah so i'm excited for it but now this show made me fall in love with nebula so i'm gonna be super fucking pissed if they kill her in the next movie you know hopefully they don't do that so yeah yeah um uh, yeah all right that's all i gotta say about guardians we can move on to the next part like i said eli you saw a show Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I saw a show. I've I've been hearing good things. I've been hearing good things. So it uh it was good. It was it was good. Mm-hmm. Long, maybe a little too long, but still good. It was very meaty. It was very meaty. Um a lot of things to, had a lot of things to say. This is not your so yes, okay. I watched Andor. It's pretty much the only show that I kept up with <laughs> this okay. past month. I I you know, with the move and all the other shit that was going on, yeah. I fell off of all the shit that I was watching. I felt I, I I haven't watched all of Chucky, which I hear is awesome. I haven't watched I, I never I never watched all the Lord of the Rings show. Um, I, I fell behind on every. I haven't watched Atlanta yet. Yeah, I missed that in the last season of Atlanta. I haven't watched shit. You know, um, so uh, but this is the only thing that I kind of kept up with. 
Um, and it was it was good. It was it was really good. Um, it's different. Different as in this is not your run of the mill Star Wars show. There's not a lot of action going on. This isn't lightsabers and starships and space battles. But is it hour long Senate meetings? It's 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 kinda yes. It's more oh. like it's I don't want to say James Bond because James Bond has giant set pieces. Um it's more it's more of a slow burn born tension kind of more of a thrill. It's like a conspiracy thriller or a political thriller, espionage, a spy movie. Jack um, Ryan. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of that. About about every couple episodes, then you'd see the bit. It all it would always build up to a big giant something, you know. Every few episodes, so it's almost like there was twelve episodes, twelve hour long episodes, forty five minute to an hour um, episodes, um, and about every third episode would be the big finale. So this was almost like three movies. It was almost like a trilogy of movies, you know. When you think about it, um, so it was like like three story arcs. You mean yes, like, like the first four was all about you know we introduced Cassie and Andor. He was from Rogue One. He was one of the rebel agents that you know in Rogue One, um, and this is about him joining the rebellion. And we see him starting off as like just this knucklehead, just this thug outlaw doing dirt on these you know outlaw planets, um, you know selling illegal you know tech you know, um, running from the empire and he gets hired to do a heist. So that's like the first story arc. And it, it turns out that, you know, it's the rebels robbing like, uh, uh, an Imperial outpost, you know, the payroll, you know, so that's like the first story arc. It's all about the robbery, you know? And then the second arc is he ends up going to jail. So then he's in jail for like the next three or four episodes and shit, you know, and then he escapes. And then the last, you know, set the last four episodes are then about him trying to, uh, you know, uh, the aftermath of him trying to escape and trying to reconnect with the people he left behind, most notably his mother or the, the woman who raised him, you know, cause he was an orphan. It's revealed. It goes through his life story. He's, he was orphaned as a young age, at a young age, him and his sister. Um, he's been looking for his sister ever since they were kids. Um, and he was like raised by this um, by this family and who were sort of, you know, poor, you know, from a poor planet. And they, they always went and his dad ended up getting killed by stormtroopers. So that sort of set the tone of his, you know, hatred for the Empire, you know. So um, and at the end of the at the end, his mom, the one who raised them, ends up dying, you know. And so and she was a part of this like this revolutionary you know, anti-government, anti-empire group, you know, a subversive group on this planet. So they have a funeral for her. And the, la the finale was about her funeral. And, and then a big giant riot breaks out, you know, the, the, the you know. But um, so, yeah, so he's on the run from the empire. Everybody's looking for him and they're expecting him to show up at this funeral. Um, and that's what the, the finale was, was the tension, all the, the different imperial agents looking for him. You know his the, the the rebels that he had joined, his his friends that he left behind. Um, he's laying low, and it all culminates on this 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 funeral procession. Um, and the empire's there to there to stop it. They try to stop it, and that's when the riot breaks out. But his uh, his mother, you know, she's like leaving this eulogy. She's this really moving uh, 
speech about you know rebellion and and standing up against fascism and that's what the whole story was about the whole show was about how fascism creeps into society how laws are being passed and people are slowly lo losing their rights you know so it's it's a very it's an examination on on fascism how how a state become become a totalitarian fascist state and then the the you know the 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 people who try to resist it you know and i think the standout for me for the show was mon mothma the you know yeah i keep hearing about her yeah yeah she stole the show for me what she was doing she's a senator and she's you know she's like an aoc she's kind of a nuisance the the rest of the senate senators think she's like you know the, the you know the the liberal bleeding heart liberal kind of you know getting on everybody's nerves about all these lost causes wanting to do the handouts but she's secretly funding the rebellion and she's doing it under this big brother watchful eye of the this authoritarian regime so watching her sort of you know you know pull the strings and 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 plot and scheme was that was what sold the show for me you know, so in, in that case, it, it is more about the drama and the tension because she didn't get to shoot any guns or anything. It was all about right. the drama. So that's what that's where I, what, what sold it for me was her her story arc. And she's her husband, you know, and her daughter there. They love their privilege. They love the, you know, the, the, the you know, the, the rich upper class lifestyle that they have of being like these politicians, her daughter loves her she's a spoiled brat who loves her privilege you know and so you can see that she she can't even trust her family but she's secretly trying to fund the rebellion you know um and uh so there's that that subplot going on that that was that was the more interesting story for me um and then andor he's like he doesn't want to join he's just like he starts out being a thug he's just an outlaw all out for himself and um, when he does that heist, when he when he, they they rob this payroll, this imperial outpost, he tries to go back to that planet and get his mom. And like, hey, I just got all this money. Let's go. We're gonna get out of here. We're gonna go live in luxury the rest of our lives. And she's like, no, I'm not leaving. I just heard a bunch of radicals rob the rob the empire. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm not going anywhere. Finally, somebody's standing up to these assholes. <laughs> And he won't, she wouldn't go with them because she, she remembers how her dad was, the, how his father was killed. He was killed by the stormtroopers and shit, you know, for standing up to them. Like she's always hated the, the empire, the fascism of the empire. So here she is, she's just old lady now. And she's like, no, I'm not leaving here. I'm not leaving. People are starting to fight again. It, it sort of lit the spark. And it's ironic that he does, she doesn't know that he was part of the robbery, you know? Right. You know, so think he he's up, not a part of it, just out for himself. Yeah, yeah. like he, he that he inspired her, the you know to, you know to resist the resistance uh, inspired her, you know. So he ends up leaving, and while he's then he gets thrown in jail. Um, he's in this work prison where they're putting together. Uh, you know, they're making pot parts, and it turns out it is a confirmed at the end in the after credit scene that what they were building were parts for the Death Star. So. Andor was building parts to the weapon that he dies from. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so the, another sense of irony there. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so he ends up escaping. 
you know, and he, he goes back to try and rescue his friends on that planet, but then he hears about his mom dying. And of course, the Empire, who's been looking for him, they're like, well, he's going to definitely show up, you know, for his mom's funeral. So that whole scene was, it was just full of tension. And that's what this story, this show is more about tension. It was, and then all of a sudden, a big action sequence would happen. It was all about the buildup, you know, so... You know, and I think that that's probably the divisiveness of the show. I've heard people say this is the most boring, blah, 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 blah. You know, because you got to pay attention. Yeah. yeah um, but <laughs> it, it was more about the buildup. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it I think it did get renewed for a second season because they also left a lot of things open. We don't know where sister mm-hmm. is. Luthen, the guy who recruits Andor, he's like an art dealer or this like antique dealer. He's collecting all these artifacts like, you know, from the galaxy, but he's secretly funding the rebellion and dealing with all these, you know, uh, you know, these militant groups and stuff, you know, um, and he was actually and, and, and that's another thing. This shows the ruthlessness of the rebellion, of how they were, they were trying to keep everything hush hush and they were ready like Luthen was ready to kill Andor because he was becoming a loose cannon. But at the end, he shows up and he's like, you're going to kill me, kill me. And then Luthen kind of mm-hmm. just smiles like, you know what? We could use someone like you. <laughs> um, did the big baddie? No, there's no, there was no cameos in the show. So don't expect Vader or Palpatine or Solo or, or any of, no, no, or Kira. The only one who showed up was, uh, um, uh, what's his face? Forrest Whitaker. What's the guy's name again? Oh, uh, that guy, <laughs> Gun- Gunther. Yeah, um, I know you're talking about Gus. Yeah, that guy. Uh, Saw Guerrera. That's he, that guy, he's yeah. A, yeah. He was on was the close. he originated on the Clone Wars, and then he was in Rogue One. He's the only character that kind of shows up, and Mon Mothma, uh, out of the, the legacy characters that are on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest, and she just, was in Rogue One also. So. Yeah, she was in Rogue One. She was in Revenge of the Sith. You know, yeah. she had a bit cameo. It's the same actress in Revenge of the Sith. Um, so yeah, it's all about the buildup and the tension. I do feel there was a couple episodes where that were just filler. That were just, okay, we're just killing time. We're just, that were lulls. And it's like, okay, you didn't, it, they could have, t- this didn't need to be 12 episodes. That's it what I'm saying. Been- Cause anytime you do 12 episodes, you're going to get filler. I mean, yeah, yeah. It was, it, it, there was a few episodes where I was like, you know, I was starting to doze and not to say that it was bad. It's just like, you're just filling in, you're just killing time. Um, and that, that's the thing when you're, when you know the outcome, you know, when you're trying to stretch drama about a story, you know how it ends, you know, it, you know, from a writing standpoint, it's, it's unnecessary. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're trying right. to build suspense for something you already know what's going to happen. You know <laughs> what I mean? And that's what, you, that's what happens when you make prequels. Which you know, is why have... you really can't spoil it. Cause <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, Andrew yeah. lives. Okay. Yeah. We can't, yeah, we of course he's, you know, he's going to live, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we know how Saw Gerrera dies. We know Mon Mothma is going to make it to Return of the Jedi. You know, right. <laughs> you know. So, um, but yeah, but they don't. Re- there was been all these theories of like that Luthen, the guy who recruits Andor, like he might have been a Jedi or he might have been somebody during the Clone Wars. They never revealed it, and that's the thing. They left all these uh, plots open, and it was like for twelve episodes, you couldn't like tell us any, any of that. Sh- <laughs> well maybe none of that shit is true you know the internet is going to internet yeah you know um so o- overall i enjoyed it it was a different feel it was it's like the most 
dramatic Star Wars, you know, uh, that we've ever got. You know, I think it's what George Lucas wanted to do with the prequels and Phantom Menace, the whole political side. This gets really into the, the whole political um, side of, of, of the galaxy and how the Empire works. And, you know, how the one eight, I can't remember her name, but her, she's like the one who takes charge and starts, you know, investigating Andor and all the shit she has to go through as a woman in the Imperial fleet or whatever, you know, because they don't take her seriously. And she's got to like, you know, manipulate her way to the top and becomes like the head of the, the, what is it called? The ISB, the Imperial Security Bureau. It's like Big Brother, you know? Okay. <laughs> you know? And that's the thing is you see how like once they rob, after they rob the Imperial outpost, like Imperial, the, the Empire goes on lockdown. It was, it's just like right after 9-11, you know, where, where the Homeland Security and, you know, Code Orange or whatever. It's like, you know, <laughs> everybody was, they, the, the um, you know, they, they started putting the lockdown on everything. We're going to like squash these terrorists and get to the, you know, you know, it, it was, it reminded me of that. It reminded me of like stuff that went on, it, like some of the imagery, especially during the riots at the, in the finale reminded me of stuff going on today. It reminded me of like stuff that was going on in Ireland. Not that I was there, but you know, but you know, mm -hmm, when you hear right. about the, the Ireland war and all that stuff, um, uh, stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, it, you can see the parallels to what is going on now in our current state, our current state of affairs, what's going on with this country, people, you know, leaning towards fascism or whatever, you know what I mean? Or rebellion, you know, we, we see that, that the divisiveness in the galaxy mirrors our own current times. So that's what interested me. That's what kept me going, kept the interest going. It, it did have some lulls, um, but, but it, overall I enjoyed it. It was, it was something different. It wasn't all flashy and blah, 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 you know, in fact it was i don't think there was any of those any of the theme songs it was like no which no star good. wars music which, yeah which <laughs> yeah. is good like saying star wars has to develop different tones yeah so, so far like this, all the movies had to have the same tone you know? this was like i said this was like it reminded me of children of men you remember that movie children of men with clive yeah Owen? that was like it's like that like a dark what's the next star wars? i think mando mando 3 is coming out soon like next year next year Okay. But um but yeah, it, it reminded me of that, like this just dark dystopian future, you know. Um it had that really gray tone, you know, what I mean? that grayish tone that it wasn't flashy and bright like you, you that Star Wars is known for, where everything's bright and, and digital. This was like really rugged and 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 gray and dirty, you know. Um and it had aliens, it had all the populated of you know you see stormtroopers and all the alien characters and what have you but it's like it's very dusty and gray and just sort of somber you know <laughs> mm -hmm. you know so it had a yeah it had a it, it, even when they're on coruscant this technological planet full of you know bright lights and big city it's still like gray and sort of dark in the shadows you know so yeah it's it's a different sort of star wars show it's, it's, I can see, I, I understand why some people are not into it. And I get that if you're into lightsabers and duels and blowing up shit and blowing up Death Stars and space battles. Yeah, this is you know, not stuff gonna, Star Wars is known for. Yeah, right, yeah, you know, but I think, you know, for those of us who are 
maybe you know it it, it, it it is different it is different you know I, I enjoyed it for the most part there was a few episodes that were i thought was unnecessary i think they could have stretched it maybe to 10 or even eight <laughs> you know <laughs> but um to the point right but, but but yeah it it was cool overall i had a good time you know so nice nice okay all right four out of five so, four out of five okay just so yeah like i said we're gonna go from uh sucking disney's dick to <laughs> talking about another director that's shitting on disney oh we're talking about this <laughs> yeah why not yeah i said we're gonna talk about it did you oh, okay you did yeah. I, okay all right all right all right all right let's go <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah let's talk about it. let's talk about it okay so for those who don't know what's going on like i said another hollywood director it came out and said marvel sucks Bottom line, yeah. <laughs> According to the internet, basically. According to the internet, yeah. In, That's in other how words, they interpreted it. <laughs> yeah. In other words, water is wet, you know. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, so that's what's going on right now. Basically, his exact words. I didn't get it. I was asking him to listen to the podcast where he get it because I don't like. I did misquote. listen to that podcast. You did listen to the podcast, okay? Because I, I don't. I don't like to misquote anybody. Sometimes, you know, people always take stuff out of context, you know. So yeah. I want to make sure I, I understood what he said, but I, I kind of get the gist of it. Basically, saying that you know Marvel has no movie stars and it kind of. Basically, the Marvelization of Hollywood is making Hollywood going away from movie stars. Basically, Marvel killed the movie stars. Stuff I said also four years ago. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, what did we get? That was on a podcast. We did. We actually had that. Wasn't that a title of one of our shows? No, it was yeah. one of our excerpts. Marvel okay, killed the movie. Yeah. No, yeah. it was a title of one of our shows. Yeah, like Marvel four years ago, star. Marvel killed the movie star. Right. We had a discussion on that. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. Like I said, right? and we weren't even talking about directors. We were just talking about Marvel. Pre-COVID. <laughs> this was pre-COVID too. Pre-COVID, <laughs> we were talking about that. So it's even worse now after COVID. So yeah, that's going yeah. on now. So like I said, so Quentin Tarantino came out with this statement, said that on a podcast like that, and of course the internet does what it always does. So now. The internet is split into two. You got this side over here. Who the fuck he think he is? What the fuck he made? <laughs> he hadn't made anything. Like, like you don't know what Quintet's made? But then on the opposite side of that, the people that, you know, shit on Marvel anyway, just hear Quintet, you know, mention Marvel. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Fuck Marvel. Say that shit, Quintet, you know. <laughs> say exactly what you, what everybody else is scared to say. Like, can everybody just calm down for a second, Eli? I, I understand that the, the internet is divided in, in extremes, ones and zeros, binary, everything's there. But can we look at this statement that he made objectively? Is it possible to do that? I, I think we I can. mean, it can. I don't know if we're going to change any minds, but we can. <laughs> I, but I'm just saying, I think we can let's just look at it objectively, what yeah. he said. Yeah. Because honestly, he basically not, said what we said. You said. He basically said what we said like years ago. <laughs> right. And he, yeah. uh, other people have said what he said, which he also said that two people said we said. Anthony Mackie said the same thing, and he works for Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> like he didn't really say too much different what Anthony Mackie already said. Uh, but my thing is this: that not only did Quentin Tarantino, I don't feel he said anything controversial or a statement. Honestly, I think he just mentioned Marvel's business model. Yeah, I mean, I think even Marvel was just like, yeah, that's that's what we do. Because I don't think he said anything. I think people want to take it and say it's inflammatory or he's dissing Marvel. And maybe he was. I don't know. But I don't think it was that. It's no. just like this is just how Marvel runs their business, which I don't think anything's wrong with that. I, I don't. I, honestly, the way Marvel's doing it, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, yeah, it's the changing of the business. He acknowledges yeah. that he calls it the Marvelization of Hollywood, which, you know, he feels that, yeah, it, it, it's times are changing. He knows this. Um, that's why he only says he's only want to do one more movie because... And he even said in that interview, 
he even says, who am I making? I don't have any movie ideas right now because who am I making a movie for? Who's the audience? The, the, uh, the, the business has changed. Like, who am I making a movie for? Who's going to go see my movies? I know what people are into now. They're not into my shit. You know, so he's like, why, what, what am I going to do? You know, he's actually mm-hmm. going to do a TV show, you know, uh, because he's, that's, that's the fucking, that's, that's where the business, that's where Hollywood's going around. Even Scorsese, he's doing shit on TV. You know, all his movies are going to streaming services. Netflix had the Irishman. Uh, Apple's got his next movie. Um, so they, they're acknowledging that Disney is changing the business and that, the only movies that are being made that get all the attention that hog up all the theaters are Disney movies. And that's sort of, I I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. Eli. I don't agree with that. I mean, that's what they said, but, and I, and I think it's, and, and after, yes, I think it's awesome that a movie like Terrifier 2 can come out and say, fuck That's you exactly that. what I was about to say. Right. <laughs> yeah. It can come out and make money. It's not yeah. like Marvel kicked Terrifier 2 out. Terrifier 2 made his money. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, what they're, that's what they're saying. They're acknowledging that, you know, big names, director, it used to be, you'd go see a movie for the director. You'd go see a movie for the star. And that, that's, that's changed. No, that's still the way. That's what I'm saying. All that is still the way. Christopher Nolan make a movie right now. Put his name on it. It's still going to sell. He's got Oppenheimer, whatever. Quentin Tarantino makes a movie right now. It's going to sell. It ain't like he made a movie that flopped. He still can stack his name on a movie, and he don't have to put name X in it. Like, go back to the 90s. Who did he put in his movies? Pam Greer, who was way past her prime. (laughs) You know, Uma Thurman. Look, let's be honest. She wasn't known. He was just trying to smash. That's why he kept putting in movies, you know. But it didn't matter because his name was the star. He was the star. Yeah. So he just put his name on it. He was one of the auteurs. Right, yeah. Where he he was one of the directors where you went to saw their movies. But back, you know, Tom Cruise would sell a movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger would sell a movie. You know, where you just went and saw it because you like them and stuff. Uh, Julia Roberts and, you know, you know, we had Sandra Bullock. You know, they all right. You just put that. It didn't matter what they what movie they yeah. were making. You just put their name on it. You Boom! Need, people look at it. And, yeah. and that's what that that sold their brand. But it's stuff. still doing that. That's what I'm saying. That it hasn't changed. Sandra Bullock put out a movie this year. It was number one at the box office. I don't remember the name of it, but I know Sandra Bullock was in. It. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. the whole point. Like people want to watch it because Sandra Bullock still can put butts in the seats. No, that's movie stars still exist. So yeah, as far as Marvel, yes, I agree with him on that stuff. Marvel. But Mar- but Marvel does that on purpose. Hold on, let me see what Jay got. Let's see. Uh, the only movie star nowadays is Tom Cruise and The Rock, and The Rock. You know, I still say The Rock is on there. So those are your movie stars. But like I said, you still have people that put movie uh, that put butts in the seats when they come out with a project people want to. Now the problem was the Marvel actor that came out and said something to Quentin Tarantino was not the guy that should have said something to Quentin Tarantino, and that was Simu Liu. Now, if you don't know who Simu Liu is, oh, that basically proves Quintantino's point. <laughs> it's, it's this guy. I was about to say who? Oh, <laughs> exactly. That, that's the that's the whole point. <laughs> if you don't know who Simu Liu is, he plays Shang Chi. Yes, the good, the first uh, superhero of Marvel to wear Jordans. That's him. So, not the yeah. first. That was Batman. And I yeah. think, yeah, I think now, I mean, pre-COVID, I think that's what was going on. You know. Yeah. You, you saw like because that's when we made the statement with mm-hmm. the, the, the the movie star is a dying breed that was before mm-hmm. covid you know like even like once upon a time in hollywood it came out before covid you know brad pitt leo margot robbie yeah lion king kicked its ass 
Right. <laughs> Lion King made a billion dollars. Nobody likes the Lion King. Nobody liked the movie. People <laughs> but they still made a billion dollars and beat a movie, a, a cartoon lions beat that was worse than the original version that it came out with <laughs> yeah that yeah that was a remake <laughs> beat a movie with three top top tier movie stars you know what i'm saying and i think that that's where you know where you know i think covid changed the business now um and what yeah i think it's it's changing and i think that's what they're acknowledging it you know but um, but reason i'm saying it because yes when we made that statement I'm not saying we're better than Quentin Tarantino or anything. I'm just saying we made that statement that the movie industry was different even then than it is now, where yeah. every Disney just owned everything. Every time you turn on Disney, 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 it was just this. Now, this year, I doubt Disney's even the number one movie, like movie franchise this year. I hear what the fucking new Top Gun. Yeah, like what are you saying? Top Gun. Top Gun killing everything Marvel has done right now. Like everybody talking about Black Panther's gonna do the Black Panther, the Black Panther's not gonna be Tom Cruise. Sorry. <laughs> Tom Cruise has ruined our Black Panther party. That's just what it is. <laughs> and, and not that I think it's like some other movies on the list too. It ain't like just Disney, 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 Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Hell, Disney had a flop this week. We didn't talk about that Strange Worlds and shit. Oh, that, that cartoon. Yeah, flopped. 18 million. It was like a 200 million dollar budget movie. 18 million flopped. So it ain't like everything Disney does shit. I go, yes. Six years ago, four years ago, that was the case. This case, not now. Now it's everybody's game. You just talk about Terrifier. It's anybody's game. Yeah. It's and, now, Marvel, and now we're know. seeing a transition. We might be seeing a transition now. Right. We're seeing yeah, the pendulum so, swinging the other way, you know. It's, it's, it's already starting. It's already starting. Yeah. So we, can't keep, we can't keep using uh 2016 logic for 2022 or 2023 because it doesn't doesn't quite like that like i said and everything he said about simu lu that is correct because i ain't seen this motherfucking anything else other than a a korean family sitcom that's it and he got his job over a tweet (laughs) (laughs) so but at the same time i'm gonna go back to simu lu in a second i'm gonna just see this okay uh avatar 2 is about to go uh, no 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 it's not Well, yeah. Uh, now, mean, if, now, if it does, I will eat a cheeseburger. I'm just saying, I, I doubt it. You know, yeah. it'll get close. I think it'll get close, but a billion, I think that's, I think we're overstating it. Now, here's the thing I will do want to go back to Simu Lu about. Now, Simu Lu did make a good point about that. That, like I said, Marvel is giving hip opportunities that other Hollywood studios didn't for big bunch of movies. And it is true. Now, according to Quentin Tarantino, that he wants Marvel to make stars. He wants Marvels to get big Hollywood stars and be in their movies. So, okay, say Marvel goes out and get uh, a Hollywood star for. Shang Chi, in their in their thirties or under thirty, you're not gonna find one. I mean, yeah, you can find some Chinese Taiwan guy that can't speak English or halfway speak English and something like that. But as far as an American to appeal to American audience, you're not gonna find one. You gotta build one from scratch. So, and and that's why it took thirty fucking years to make a Shang Chi movie or to make a Black Panther movie or to make a Black Widow movie because nobody wanted to touch those projects. Marvel is going out of their limb to do this. And yes, they're getting unknown stars because there are no stars to fill that role. You know, that's that's why I'm thinking. So we want to knock Marvel for everything they do and shit on Marvel because it's cool to do that. But we got to look at what the good stuff they are doing. Yeah, he might not get a role anywhere else, but if it weren't for Marvel, he wouldn't even have that role. Yeah. You know, and, and he, and he killed it in that role. And he killed it in that role. It's like somebody <laughs> gave him a chance to do something. And yeah. he'll probably pop up in another movie. Doing, I think he's in Barbie. I think he's playing Asian Barbie, Asian Kim, some shit, you know. <laughs> I might have made that up. I don't know, but still. Uh, is that, but, that, this is a movie, not animated? <laughs> no, it's a real movie. It's a real movie. Okay, yeah. well, there you go. It gets to see his face. And yeah. for those who, like, all the, you know, the film bros and the cinephiles that are like, yeah, fuck Marvel, 
uh, Quentin Tarantino's right. Quentin Tarantino is a huge comic book fan. <laughs> right. <laughs> he tried to make a Silver Surfer movie back in the 90s. No one knows this, but he was trying to make a Silver Surfer movie when no one wanted it. Back when, back when every, yeah, when they were letting shitheads like Brian Singer make X-Men movies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let him do it though. you know but um you know he's made how many uh, most of his movies make comic book references you know right superman he made the best superman reference in any movie even yeah. better than superman movies <laughs> yeah the thing motherfucker looks just like the thing i was in reservoir this is in first movie reservoir dogs you know right he's, he's been he co-directed sin city yeah <laughs> you know he right it's a comic book movie right yeah so he's always been a comic book fan He's talking about the business, the business side of the, the monopoly on the, the movie business. That's what he was talking about. You know, he's not, you know, saying Marvel sucks or whatever. You know, he's just saying the way it's the way things are. It's running people like him. He's an old dinosaur. He knows this. He that's what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was, was him saying, you know what? Times are changing. You know, I'm, a, I'm an old dinosaur and I got to change with the times. My days as a movie maker are numbered. That's what he was saying with that I, movie. I don't agree with any of that, but that's that's him. That's his <laughs> thing, you know. Oh, but here's the thing: yeah. what I want to talk about because Marvel didn't invent this business model for superheroes. Like you take an unknown actor, like I said, none of these Marvel actors are movie star. I won't say none of them, but most of them aren't movie stars. Simulu is not a movie star, you know. But they didn't invent this model. Superman the movie invented this model. They actually went out of the way because Robert Redford was in the lead to play Superman in this movie. And then why they didn't do that? Because they couldn't picture Robert Redford as Superman. You put Robert Redford in that suit, you're just going to see Robert Redford. So you pick an unknown dude like Christopher Reeves, and that's fine. But at the same time, everybody else in the movie is a big-name actor. Marlon Brando was the biggest fucking thing in the 70s at the time. And the second biggest thing in the 70s was Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman was huge in the 70s. Chinatown, all this stuff like that. He was going to have like two Oscars on his belt before Superman even came out. So that was the business model. You pick an unknown actor so you can see them as a role. Yes, people barely knew who Chris Evans is, but that means you could just see him more as Captain America. And it hurts him in any other role because I mean, the role you just see him as not Captain America, you know. Yeah. Well, but that's, yeah. Yeah. And, and this, I don't want to shit on anybody, but the whole recast T'Challa. I, that, was, that was my next thing. That was yeah, my next thing. that was like that was like you, you know, <laughs> yeah, that was y'all trying to kill a movie star, <laughs> right? But that's the thing. Like I said, Who literally so, die. I mean, this guy right. embodied the role, and y'all didn't give uh, it with the, this. It's like almost y'all didn't give a shit. You know, <laughs> that's Marvel, exactly what I was about to say. So yeah, it's like, but yeah. Marvel was honoring the movie star because yes. I know a lot of people, you know, just like you just get another guy. But Chadwick Boseman, in my opinion, was on his way. To become a movie star at these all he killed all these roles jackie robinson james brown thurgood marshall he had more roles on top of that also he was killing all these roles even before he became black panther so he was on and once he became black panther household name he had movie roles lined up for him it just he died before he can get to him so he was on his way to becoming a movie star and there are some people that don't want to see black panther 2 at all because not in it not because they didn't recast not just because he's not in it my mom I asked my mom this Thanksgiving dinner, uh, did she want to go see Black Panther 2? She was like, is Chadwick Boseman in it? No. Then no, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> She's like, not because Chitala's not in it, Chadwick Boseman's not in it. So yeah. he is selling that movie, you know. So, yeah. and for I people that want to do... My sister never seen any of the Marvel movies. 
Right. She, she don't, there's, they don't interest her and she don't care. Yeah. She's old school. Like I, I want, I'm all about actors and Russell Crowe and <laughs> like, right. Russell Crowe is in love and thunder for like five seconds, but <laughs> <laughs> it was a paycheck. That, that doesn't count. <laughs> you know, but yeah, she's not going to go see love and thunder f- for, to watch for Russell five seconds of Russell Crowe, you know, right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I but yeah, that, that's what I felt like. It's like he was, he, you know, Black Panther was a role. Yeah, it was it was a character, but here was a guy who embodied that character, and then like they, they felt like they were shitting on him. Like, oh no, he's just a character. We don't we don't need it. Just, just get, get whatever. Just get somebody. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and I, you know, and that that kind of what reinforces what Tarantino was saying. Like, right. Movie so it's funny that. that the same people <laughs> saying the recast of childish shit is mad at Quentin Tarantino for the shit he said. When yeah. technically you agree with them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You didn't give a shit about Chadwick. You just want another Black Panther. Right. Black Panther's it, it, the star, just throw somebody in the suit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You didn't care who was in the suit. You know that, and that's what Tarantino was saying. Right. You know? <laughs> like oh, the weekend that Chadwick Boseman died, they was already recasting. Put somebody in the suit. Like, yeah. Damn, what man, are we gonna do yet, about yeah. Black Panther? Like, damn, he's not even cold yet. He's like, not even cold <laughs> yet. Like, they let, let people mourn. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. And like, and it was interesting. What are they gonna do? And and. Kugler said I had to rewrite the script because he had a right. whole other movie planned. And then they had to write a whole other movie because they were honoring him. They had to right. honor what happened. You know, they had to and honor the star. And how weird that would have been, they just yeah. stuck somebody else in that role and then, you know, that's what yeah. we had, you know. Yeah, like I said, when we reviewed it, it could have been Denzel. It could have been the greatest actor and we still would have compared him. Right. Know? So it's no a losing battle no matter what you had, right. Yeah. So now, now here's what, like I said, I agree with 92% of everything Quentin Tarantino said. Here's where the 8% comes in. He's saying that Marvel has no movie stars. I disagree with that. We just talked about Chadwick Boseman. Like I said, he was cut down before he got a chance to become that household name that he was on his way to being. But I'm sorry. Robert Downey Jr., movie star. I don't care. We can, you know, I know film bros want to say anything to support the narrative that what Quentin Tarantino is saying. You can't put Robert Downey Jr. in it because let's take this back to 2008. Back in 2008, nobody gave a shit about Iron Man. Marvel literally tried to sell Iron Man. It's like so Spider-Man. They sold Fantastic Four. They sold X-Men. They sold the Hulk. They couldn't sell Iron Man because nobody wanted them. So even putting Robert Downey Jr.'s name attached to that movie gave eyes on that movie. And I know he had his drug shit and he was smoking crack and all stuff like that. Look, around that time, he was on the upswing. He had Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He had uh, Zodiac. He oh, had yeah. Tropic Thunder. You know, he had all these movies that, you know, put his name back Don't in mention there. Tropic Thunder. We're going to get canceled. <laughs> I, I can say it. You can't say it. I can say it. <laughs> so, so that's the thing. And like I said, he won two. I mean, he was nominated for two Oscars before he even got with the MCU. So we got to remember that Marvel didn't make Robert Downey Jr. Or Iron Man didn't make Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. made Iron Man. He yeah. made people give a fuck about Iron Man. They changed Iron Man's personality in the comic books because of him. You know, he was pretty yeah. much the star of, of the MCU. Right. He was you a star know? of the MCU. Like we can say Marvel don't have a uh, movie star. They paid Robert Downey Jr. $10 million just to show up at Spider-Man Homecoming. And he was only in the movie for 10 minutes, a million dollars a minute. That's what Marvel was Tony like. Stark gonna be in the, uh, is Tony Stark going to be in the new movie? Uh, and that, that, right. He was, yeah. You know. that, that's what Marvel was like. We got to kill this guy. <laughs> I mean, so that way we can get some cheaper actors in here. 
<laughs> you know, uh, after they killed them all, people stopped caring about exactly. People stopped caring about the movies. They don't have Robert Downey Jr. anymore because they don't have any stars. They have Simu Lu. That's what they have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Anthony Mackie. I'm sorry, you can't build a universe on it. That's why people are upset about the Marvel because they don't have those characters or those stars to you know go see. Like I said, if you if you look at the track record of Marvel. Every Marvel, every Marvel movie that Robert Downey Jr. is, like every billion dollar movie Marvel had, except for like two, Robert Downey Jr. was in. Yeah, and that and that was the old way. That was the old guard yeah. of doing things. They, mm-hmm. The phase one, they got big name directors and big name but, actors, but but they to, had to. They they yeah, had that, to. That's how they built their cinematic yeah. universe. They had to go mm-hmm. the old style. Once they built it, once it became a success, okay, we built our factory. This is what we're gonna do now. So right. they, we have yeah. our IP. We can sell it on the IP. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So we can get the the fat guy from Parks and Rec. You know, get him in the gym and make a movie surrounded by him. You know. Yeah. They and couldn't get, do that in phase. Like the Russo brothers and you know, right community and shit like that. They can yeah. do that now. You know. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so so that that's a good thing. So I I, I like like I said, nobody is disagree. Well, some people are disagreeing, but overall, like I said, he had a point. And also, I want to put yeah, third one. Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson, movie star. I don't care. And no, Eli, uh, Eli, I'm not thinking with my dick. I know what you're thinking. No. She she is talented also. <laughs> uh, no, but my before thing she is, was Black Widow, I saw, what was that movie? Ghost, the first the first comic book movie she was ever in was Ghost, Ghost World. Yeah. World. And yeah. she was awesome in that. She was a good right. actor. I've seen her in indie shit. Like, bef- The Horse Whisperer, when did that came? She was like 10 years old? Yeah, Robert Red- like Robert, that, yeah. Speaking of Robert Redford. <laughs> right. <laughs> she was in the, she, yeah, she was uh she was in that and she was great. And she was a kid. I was like, this yeah. yeah. And then and then like, oh, that's the chick from Horse Whisperer. Now she's Scarjo. <laughs> right, now she's Scarjo. Yeah, that's the thing. But like I said, she was putting butts in the seats. Ten things I hate about you. She was in that. She was a hot chick in that, you know. Uh it was other movies she was in popping up left and right. Lucy Lucy made money. Lucy Lucy made like almost half a billion. The movie I sucked. Still never, I but, still never saw that. It sucked, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. She was in the movie, so people just went to see it. And like, I don't know what the fuck this movie is about. Scarjo's in it. I'll go watch it, you know. And that's the whole point. If you can put a movie star in to at least get people's attention of the movie, you know, you did something. No, 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 no. <laughs> she was an Oscar winner before she was Captain Marvel. Uh, I guess they just handed those things out. But yeah. And she was in Scott Pilgrim, her first comic book movie. <laughs> that's true. Chris Evans was in it too, and he's not a movie Chris star. Had, yeah, <laughs> he, was in, he, was in, he was in what, Fantastic Four? Right. Uh was it the the, the losers? Isn't that like a Lose, old... loser was off and that's a comic book movie, that's a DC comic. Yeah, wasn't they were in crisis? Movie? Yeah, they went crisis. So yeah. But Snowpiercer? Yeah. Well, that was after Cap, but still Snowpiercer. But still, movie. but still, nobody saw it, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. <laughs> awesome flick, but yeah. <laughs> awesome flick, and, and it had a TV show based on it too. But yeah, that's the thing. So I mean, but but what is a movie star? Like, who is a movie star? Like, is Will Ferrell a movie star? No, not anymore. People go see his movies. He puts bus in the seats. <laughs> yeah, Tell me you didn't see Ricky Bobby. You know, not in the theater. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't even not think about it. But still, <laughs> I think I think that's the thing. Is like, it's weird coming out of COVID and where the the people just want to get out. I think that's probably one of the things is people just want to get out of the house and they're going to see the movies. They're going out to see shit. So. Thank you, thank you, Fetty. The movie kind of sucked, but. <laughs> I, <laughs> thank you for supporting us. He's in the house, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I think people wanted to get it after being cooped up for two years and not being able to go out. I think they just want to go see movies, and that's why we're seeing Top Gun make a billion dollars and 
Terrifier, you know, extend, you know, make five billion or five million dollars off of a hundred mil, a hundred thousand or whatever. Halloween, Halloween made money, and it came out on came Universal, on Peacock yeah. at the same time. It still made money. Yeah, I mean, a so. horror horror movies came back in a big way. A lot of horror made Ryan, a lot Ryan, of money. Ryan Reynolds is a movie star now. He is now. Yeah, because of Deadpool. Before Deadpool, honestly, they was about to kick him out of Hollywood before Deadpool. That's why he leaked <laughs> the shit. So yeah, he was doing like the stupid like sex teen comedies and shit. Before. Yeah, nobody cared about that yeah. shit, man. Now even he's he, one of the biggest names of it. Yeah, when even when he made Green Lantern, that no one cared. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was married to Scarjo at the time, and they got divorced because they movie sucked. Yeah, he was in uh, he was in that shitty Amityville remake. That yeah, sucked. Why, why remake that movie? Because <laughs> <laughs> they were remaking everything back in the. Oh, they, see, and that, and that's it. the thing, Eli. I, I hate to say this. I feel like I'm getting canceled if I say do this. It. <laughs> I, I can do it. Is this a safe space? Okay, okay, it's no. a safe space. <laughs> it's We're on YouTube. No, nothing safe. <laughs> <laughs> so don't tell nobody else this, but I do feel like Hollywood like really, really push like pretty white dudes down our throats that's what i feel like like they keep giving them chances over and over and over again they've always done that that's like always it's like the machine just pumps them down like, and it's the point that i can't even tell them apart like okay you got ryan Reynolds <laughs> pumped out but what's the other dude sam worthington or some shit like that oh Everybody, yeah where's Ta- he been Ta- taylor kitsch why is it keep shoving these dudes down our throats man i don't give a fuck about these dudes but if they turn around they're in a the movie you know i really feel like they're shoving chris pratt down the throat now at this point <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> they were. Um, Agents of Shield. Oh, are you about to trigger me? Are you about to trigger me? Are you about to trigger me? Okay, okay. <laughs> Agents of Shield. I remember watching the first episode of Agents of Shield mm-hmm. and being curious, like, "Oh, this is the Marvel show, and it's going to connect to the movie." Supposedly, they said. They said, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and you know, okay, Coulson's on there and shit. And we're seeing, you know, uh, you know, we see a few characters get introduced. You see Coulson and what's her name? The the, the English broad that I had the hots for. I can't remember. Oh, uh, skits. Simmons Sully. or whatever. Fitz yeah, Simmons Sully. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they go to what's his name? The guy who turned out to be the, the he turned out to be evil or whatever. Oh um, uh, yeah, I can't stand him. Send a uh, flick for. Oh, it just just flicks in general. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) but no. Anyways, it was his scene, and like here comes the white boy kicking ass, and I'm like, oh, this guy's the star of the show. (laughs) He's the guy I gotta pay attention to. But the thing is, I didn't like him. (laughs) Wait, wait. Here's the thing. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because you know, like I said, I'm the biggest Ages of Shield fan that you'll ever meet. So I did realize (laughs) about that. You're the only Ages of Shield. (laughs) Okay. Either way, <laughs> the that biggest exists. thing everybody yeah. knows. <laughs> so what they did is that they focus tested, you know, like the first half of the season, they knew somebody's going to go bad. They didn't know who. And they were like, nobody likes the pretty white guy. Nobody likes him. So just make him the bad guy and be done with it. So when they made him the bad guy, he was actually pretty interesting. And he played a trope on this shit the whole time. He was like, yeah, I infiltrated him because I'm the pretty white guy. So I had sex with everybody on the plane because I can do that. And I'm like, oh, this shit's interesting now. You hate him. But you like him yeah. now. But when they try to make him the star, I hated that guy. Yeah, I agree with you. He was the worst part of the show. Yeah. yeah. And when he's when his first introduction, I'm like, oh, here he is. Here's the cop. <laughs> <laughs> and the way and he didn't know that halfway through the season they were gonna make a bad guy. So he was playing it straight. 
he's thinking I, yeah. I'm just playing it the way I'm supposed to be playing it, you know. So uh he's one of the two, maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty much the only oh. agent. Well, I'm in an Agents of Shield Facebook group, so there's at least 30 of us in there. So yeah. This the Ghost Rider season was pretty cool. Uh, Ghost Rider season is pretty awesome, man. I mean, yeah, I gotta give it credit on that. If you don't watch what, anything else, but what, but what they did with Deathlock, man. <laughs> They would get me. They would get okay. Mad wax on. Yes. Okay. I was mad. I I can't defend it. I'm trying to defend it. I can't defend it. (laughs) I can't talk my way out of this one. Okay. (laughs) Oh man. So yeah, let's go to what is that? Oh, uh, yeah. That's all I gotta say. Like I said, everybody's getting you know the titties and the twist for what Quentin Tarantino said. But I think in this situation, I think he just stated the obvious. Be honest with you. I don't. I don't think he said anything controversial. Yeah. But you know, hey, it gave, it gave people something to bitch about for a couple yeah. Of days. <laughs> yeah, the internet's been shut the throat again. Uh, fuck Quentin Tarantino. Fuck Let me Marvel. check my you phone. What am I supposed to be mad at? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need an alert or something, you know, for that. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, keep moving to the next part of the podcast. Yeah. Okay, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? I think this. Let's try this. I hit it. Cool. All right, so, yeah. So, we're going to talk about Marvel's Avengers, the game nobody plays. Except me, Except- <laughs> I do a lot of shit nobody else. I does, played so the yeah. demo. Come on. Okay, I, I'll be honest with you. I stopped playing the game myself. <laughs> uh, but a reason I'm talking about it now because uh, the Winter Soldier is coming. Winter is coming, and it's not a rumor. This is not maybe he may be coming. No, he's coming tomorrow. Do we get All any right. Winter Soldier in the game tomorrow? If not today. What today or tomorrow, the winner's gonna be in there. So I will finally dust off the game, pick it up. And I, I'll be honest with you, I know I talk about Agents, not Agents, Marvel. What is this game? Avengers all the time. I haven't played this game in about a good six months. I'm gonna tell you why because I picked the game up like once, like, like three months ago. And you know how when you go and play a game that you haven't played in like months and you don't know what the fuck is going on and you forgot the controls and everybody just beating your ass like that and you don't know where you are in the story, stuff like that. That's how Marvel Avengers was. I'm like, what, what the hell am I doing? Like, fuck that. I cut that shit off and just play something else. So <laughs> I got to, I guess, figure this game out again. So hopefully this game will, like, walk me through, just pretend like I don't know what the hell's going on, you know. Well, and I, I play Street, Street to Rage, man. That's all. Two buttons. Two buttons. <laughs> that's it. I, I'm doing another playthrough with uh, Arkham City with the Kevin Costner. Well, not Kevin Con- Kevin Conroy animated skin. <laughs> Can you hear something? You know? Kevin Costner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <that'd> be <laughs> Be nasty with, with. All right. So, uh, oh, last thing I'm gonna talk about. Oh, who, let's see before we go there. Hey, all all these new Avengers characters are white. Sweet. <laughs> we got Black Panther. Took white guy. I mean, took black guy. So yeah, yeah they're white uh, again. Pretty... They're not going woke and broke. Well, they <laughs> like got it's... Lady Thor. So yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. So you know, people got pissed off about that. You know. Um, and she got the exact same moves as Thor. Like, this is the laziest shit ever, man. Like, why not just play with Thor? I'm playing with girl, Thor, she do the same thing. So, yeah. Uh, and they got girl Hawkeye, she's on the game too. Same moves as Hawkeye. So, yeah. Girl. Um, okay, let's talk about the future that everybody that, that I'm excited for. Okay, so this last Thanksgiving, this is what I did. My my computer was at home in Jackson. I went to Vicksburg, which is about 45 hour minutes away in my mom's house, stuff like that. So I took my Apple TV device. That's all I took. And I hooked it up to my TV and I streamed from my Apple TV device, which is in Vicksburg, to my computer that was in Jackson. And me and my brother was able to play all my video games that way. NBA 2K, played it all day. 
I had Xbox controller. He had a play PS4 4 controller. We Bluetooth it to the Apple TV device. We have to play it. So what I want to say and reiterate is cloud gaming is the future. It's the new wave. Everybody needs to jump on it. So yeah. So I got, especially well, I got you, the series, the Xbox S or whatever. Okay, let me ask you this: Do you have Game Pass? I do. Well, you need it. That's the only way you can. Yeah, you, you can't. I got an Xbox and I have Game Pass, but I don't ever get. But do you have Game Pass? Do you have Game Pass Ultimate? I don't know. I don't know okay. what I got, but I got to play. It's all online. I can play with friends and stream and all that shit. You know that shit yeah, you saw me with the Ninja Turtles. That's how. With, yeah. Yeah, with Ninja Turtles. Because I'm thinking that if you have Game Pass Ultimate, then you don't even need a console. You can just oh. play it. Some TVs have it built into them, like some Samsung TVs have it built into it already. You do that, you don't even need a console. I got a Roku it's, TV. I don't think it's on Roku. Oh. I don't think it might be. I have to take a look and see. I don't. I don't know if it's on Roku. Uh, you guys talking about Indy Five? No, okay. no, I, I, I don't care. Jones. <laughs> I don't know why they're making that shit. Yeah, he's. Oh, thank you, Fatty. Thank you. <laughs> oh, is that what he I got? got? He knows. He knows. He knows. He's. Why. He's bootlegging he's, your he shit. Come, of course he knows. <laughs> he comes over and sets up, do my settings and shit. I was like, man, I just want to just play one. <laughs> exactly. So you have all this power in your hand, Eli. So you ha- you can do cloud gaming with that since you have Ultimate. So that's yeah, and, and I, yeah, I can play whatever. Uh, whatever's on Game Pass, I can play mm-hmm. whatever, whenever, whenever. Yeah. Oh, and I did, a, I did a Steam haul also. So what did I get on Steam? I got Skyrim. I don't know what the fuck Skyrim is, but it was $9. So I'm like, Oh, yeah. I played it for a couple days and it's supposed to be the greatest game of all men. No. It was I I rode a wagon and I was able to turn my head and look at things. That's like um, when you cut the game on. I, I did that and part. And <laughs> I what else did I do? It's too did long. You find I fought some things. I found a sword, then I found another sword. You got to upgrade shit. It's one of them long ass games okay, you, that I you're not selling me on this game, you like. It's one of them <laughs> long. It's one of the open world long ass games where you got to upgrade shit. You got upgrade your rings. You upgrade, you know, your butt plug. You upgrade everything. You know, do you want to? Do you want to trade in your shoes <laughs> for these shoes that give you plus two mana? Blah blah blah. All that bullshit. And I'm like, yeah, it's ten dollars. I, I ain't got time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big RPG. I'm not yeah. either, Fatty. It's ten dollars, and everybody says it's supposed to be like the greatest game of all time. Yeah, so it's like it's like if $10. you're in like this shit, like Fallout or those big open world games that I hate all those up, games. Take up all your life, all your time, yeah. which I don't have. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, boss okay, Spider-Man. I, yeah, you got to wait Spider- one, two weeks yeah. for it to be fun. When's this game gonna get fun? <laughs> no, no time for that. Then when it does get fun, all of a sudden now you're addicted to it and you can't put the game down and shit like yeah. that. I know somebody that beat Skyrim. I didn't know you could beat the game. He like, yeah, I beat it. How the fuck you beat this game? Yeah. So whatever it is, he did it. So, yeah. Uh, bought Spider Man, and I also bought King of Fighters 15. Is that the newest one? Whatever the newest King of Fighters is about that. So again, yeah, I think that's all the games I bought. So you're gonna see me streaming new stuff on there. And if the sale's still going on, I might buy something else. I don't know. Uh, busted. What? What is? I heard of that. I heard of that. I don't know what that is, but I heard of that. Yeah. So I don't know. It's not a fighting game. I'm not into it. So, all right. <laughs> so we move on next part of the podcast. Like I said, it's comic book bullies. We talk about the comic books, and we can jump into it. Eli, I'm gonna let you go first. You have way more books than I do. Do I? I you do. Four. Yeah. Like That's I said, I'm a, I'm on a budget. I can only do four. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas time, so I gotta, I gotta cut back myself. So. <laughs> All right, I'll start off with uh, Sergeant Rock. 
rock. I want to rock. I want to rock. I want to rock. Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead. Written by Bruce Campbell. Yes, Ash Williams himself is wrote this comic. Sergeant Rock, the old school uh, soldier from DC. Um, he's in World War II, and he gets him and his boys. What do they call again? The the, 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 the easy easy company. Easy company. Yes, him, yeah. him his crew get on a special mission to go kill. Oh, he got king of fighters. Oh, oh yeah. You, come get this work, Fat T. Come get this work. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So Sergeant Rock and his boys, Easy Company, they get a special assignment to go in and destroy a zombie factory in Germany. The Nazis are now using a super zombie serum formula and injecting it into dead soldiers, resurrecting their army and, you know, going to take over the world. Um, This is the third issue. This is just more action. Sergeant Rock and the boys are... You know, just basically on the mission, killing zombies. They get a bunch of new weapons. One weapon, I don't know if this is accurate, but they got a a, a fully automatic 12-gauge machine gun. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure didn't exist back then. Which didn't yeah. exist back then, but I know it exists now, but it only has like a Because it was on one of the Call of Duty games. I guess it was modeled after one of the new high-tech weapons that they have. So a fully automatic 12-gauge machine gun and it, it but it looks like a t- tommy gun but so it's got a, like a it's got a mag a circular mag a disc mag so um but they got those and you know so they got a bunch of new weapons to go fight these zombies because these aren't like regular zombies they you can't just shoot them in the head you gotta like blow them apart for them to die you know so and that's all this is just all action they just go they're they're trying to take over you know they're trying to destroy the factory you know every every you know Different units are attacking different places of the factory and just blowing away zombies and shit. So it was just fun. Stupid, campy fun. You know, three out of five. I'm on it. I'm three issues in. I might as well finish it. So pretty okay. cool. How many, how many issues are left? I think two. Is it four? Two. Is it three out of five? Maybe two yeah. more. So, Something like that. Okay. You know, limited All run. Right. So. Oh, I can't see what that is. I think the next book I'm going, well, the first book I'm going to do Let's do X Men. I haven't done X Men like forever, and I honestly don't know what the hell is going on in this X Men book. Uh, honestly, the only way I even know what's going on in the X Men book, I listen to this Geeks and Comics. They <laughs> all going the does, it. yeah, the X Minute. The, they call it the X Minute, but they just <laughs> talk nothing about but X Men, and they talk about nothing about S and then Marvel. So I just the only way I know what's going on is with that. So basically, what's going on is they're back in the vault. If you don't know what the vault is, it's something back in Hickman's run where. Uh, they had to go with Darwin, Laura Wolverine, and some other guy. Oh, Sink and Sink also because Sink can be a part of the story. Uh, and Laura died, or did she? That's the thing. So, mm. so this is actually a Forge centric issue. Ah, it's, a, it's all about him. Oh, it's all about him. About this, I heard. Uh, yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, it's it's been his issue. I thought like, about reading it, but then I'm like, nah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I have an obligation, but I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> gonna got a force you to read for it. Uh, but yeah, so like I said, this is a four centuries book, and we're just gonna jump into it and where it's gonna go from there. So I, I think I'll give you some more backstory, but we'll just jump into it from there. Anyway, we're at the treehouse and we're back at Sync because they Sync heard about the mission going to uh back to the vault, which he doesn't want to go back to because the last time he went to the vault, he got all kind of PTSD from it because he fell in love with uh Laura. 
and for 500 years his soulmate and she died now he's trapped there but then jeans are like you get down to the vault right now and he like wastes no time just runs to the vault and boom that's it so meanwhile at the store and forge is in the vault and he's at wolverines with lars like uh cage like that he realized she's not dead and he's like oh shit we screwed up so because you know it's a rule you're not supposed to resurrect another mutant if that mutant is still alive so now you got two wolverines running around you know yeah, what the fuck you're right you're not supposed to do that meanwhile he's got he cloned caliban as armor on him because caliban has mutant power with like fine other mutants so that way he can find darwin but caliban is like telling him you need to go back and rescue wolverine you know, you just can't leave her behind. He's like, no, I can't leave her behind. I got to rescue Darwin. She's not the mission. And he's just like, and he tries to cut Caliban off. He's like, I'm not listening to you. I'm I'm the master. And then Caliban turns himself back on. Like, no, you need to go rescue Wolverine. You know, and they have this back and forth going back. Meanwhile, he gets attacked by Serafino, one of the unhumans or post-humans or whatever the vault calls himself. Not One punch is uh, forged, knocks his ass out one punch. And right before she, yeah. <laughs> he's a scientist man he's not a fighter you know? he's a lover he's not a right uh, so she pulls a knife out she's about to just stab forge and be done with that but before she does it caliban starts talking and caliban just says don't do this seraphine i know who you are uh we're here on a mission we're here to rescue people and he and they're having a nice conversation back and forth she's like ah, okay you know me so and she's like hey forge about to wake up so when forge wakes up he does like a wolverine because he got like wolverine armor and shit and he tried to stab her and shit. She's like, look, I like your armor better than I like you. You're you're an asshole, you know. Uh, so she throws a blade at him. Boom. Hits him in the heart. He's like, oh, shit. Her and Calabanga start. He tries to run away from her. You know, tells the heart. The, the suit goes in the med mode. And she's just there. Like, before he even gets there. Like, he ain't run away from it at all. She's just like, I'm going to ask you some questions, mutant. You answer correctly, you live. You lie to me, you die. And she's like, so why are you here? And he's just like, this is a rescue mission. She's like, good okay so why did you come here to begin with so why are you trying to rescue the people anyway he's like i want to see what happens you're like interesting so she leaves and she's just like well wh- why are you letting me live and she's like because i want to see what happens so Bla- uh forge pulls the blade out he's trying to you know heal up from the blade because the suit has some healing capabilities meanwhile he gets stuck in the neck by some some rods with like that and he wakes up well he passes out and wakes up so he doesn't know whether or not he was having a dream in the vault or this is the dream or he's dreaming now he doesn't know but he wakes up looks outside and he sees uh krakoa is the utopia he always wanted it to be he was like this is how i always picture krakoa to be so he realized he's dreaming because this is his dream feel and that's when he sees darwin the person he's supposed to rescue the whole time is there but if he was like i did this to you i'm the one that stuck you in the neck uh for it's gonna have a conversation with you while you're knocked out because when you wake up i can't have this conversation with you so he go they go flying and they're just talking you know and they see bigger crow stuff like that so he was like okay so where are you right now and darwin's like a funny thing so they tortured me for like 500 years because you know time moves faster in the vault uh and they destroyed my body actually but when they destroyed my body they tried to upload my conscience to find out who i am but they don't know i over overrode their system so i'm in the vault system my mind is in the system i don't have a body anymore my system there he's like well that's cool we can just get you out of here and i can put you in a body when you take it back to control he's like no you can but you can't do that i have to learn more about the vault so you have to leave me here my body's gone but you gotta... flying? he's flying 
Yeah, it's it's a dream. It's a dream. So that really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that would uh, be cool if Forge could fly. <laughs> <laughs> he's going out. So that would make him too OP. He already got too many powers as it is. So yeah. Uh, so basically, Darwin's saying you got to leave me here, leave my body here, but you keep continuing to fight. But when it's time for me to, and, and plus my body was holding me back. But now that I'm just consciousness and pure code and AI. I can do more damage that way. So he was like, "One, we'll meet again one day, brother." He was like, "Of course we will, Forge." And then Forge falls because Darwin was making the fly the whole time, saying, "You know, when you fall in a dream, you wake up." So he woke up and he, and that's when he realizes that he needs to go rescue Wolverine. So he gets a body and they leave. Yeah. So that's when Sink shows up and Sink's just like, "Oh, what, what are y'all celebrating for? They're like anything bad?" He's like, "No, this is actually a good thing. We call you for a good thing." And when he gets there, he like turned around and boom, he sees Laura Wolverine, the love of his life, his soulmate that he was with for 500 years, who he can't stop thinking about more than anything else. And he was trying to hook up with the current Wolverine, but she don't know who the hell he is. And so they just jump into it. And he like, give, give us some time. And the wait no time, they just jump into each other's arm because they're in love and other stuff like that. And yeah, that's that's the book. Oh, and Forge talks to Caliban, telling everything that happened. That's the book. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. It's a easy read story. Get in, get out. You know, just a continuation of stuff Hickman did, but mm, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It was Forge. Yeah. I know you hate Forge. Forge is not bad. He's okay. He's an interesting protagonist. You know. Yeah, so. I guess I'll do. We're on Marvel. I guess I'll do uh, Daredevil. Cool. Now, now, why are you doing Daredevil? I'm just curious. I I'm just jumped on this new arc. Um, oops, whoop, the wrong one. This new arc. This the new uh uh Sadarsky arc. Mm-hmm. Um, with the hand or not the hand. Um, the fist. The fist. Okay. What's some uh, shit he made up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Matt and Electra are like, are they married? Are they, is anybody married? Anyways, they, they, they're running the fist. They're basically the, the opposite of the hand. They're going to destroy the hand once and for all. And, um, and all that. Um, they find out that the hand has figured out, they got a new book of the dead or whatever that is able, they're able to resurrect people and with their memories intact um and they find out that uh uh frank castle is now leading so this is that whole ninja, okay so all this, t- this I'll, all just, ties into that, that all that yeah. shit that yeah that i haven't i haven't mm. read any of that ninja punisher shit um mm. so that's basically what's going on and um like we got to go take care of the hand before they start resurrecting an army and Daredevil's like, well, I got us an army. So they end up going to this prison, super villain prison island. I forget what it's mm. called. Um, the raft? It's not the raft. Um, the vault? It might, is it, it may, may, I, don't, I don't know if it's that either. The vault sounds like that's the other big prison thing they have. Um, and they basically, we're going to go get these, all the villains that are in there. We're going to go, ah, shit, come on, fuck it. We're gonna go uh, get the villains and free them, and they're gonna join the fist with us. So that's what it is. It's a it's a prison break. What's it? What is this? It is. Damn it. The okay. Stop. I just want to 
the the mir mir myrmidin mir myrmidin that's what it is yeah, I mean, that must be some new Chips and Darsky shit. I my, heard my, Myrim, Miram Don, Miram, Miramadon, Miramadon, a supervillain prison in the ocean. <laughs> Never heard of that one. Yeah, that's that's new shit there. <laughs> so, yeah, so they break into prison. They're going to free all the prisoners, and and Daredevil's going to have them join the hand. But then, uh, what's his face, bro, bro shows up. Uh, U.S. agent John Walker. You, you, yeah, yeah, that that's his name. Oh, I yeah, mean, the, I the, the, the picture's right the picture's there. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, he shows up. John Walker shows up, and you know, and then they start fighting. He's like, it, it was a cool exchange. It was. I loved. I loved that whole conversation. That whole part where he shows up. He's like, "Hey, John Walker, you you led the Thunderbolts with the Fisk. You were leading a bunch of supervillain. Looks like you sided with the fascists. So mm-hmm. uh, if you you, I'll give you a chance to join me." You can join me and I'll save you and all that shit. I don't need to be saved. I'm on, I'm on the side. I've got God on my side. <laughs> that's, what, that's what John Walker said. I got God on my side. And he's like, well, that's not true because if God was on your side, he wouldn't have sent the devil. <laughs> and then he that's, shuts that's the lights That's, shuts a, that's the a nice lights line. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Shut, and then he kills the lights. Chips and Darcy knows how to make those those clever meme one liners. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, he cu- kills the lights and then he starts fighting, and it's cool. It's a cool little like how how we see Daredevil Vision, and yeah. he takes out everybody. Daredevil Vision, and then he and he talks about how like my batons they ricochet. They they're hard to predict, you know, because they're batons and they the you know they they got a weird shape to them. They don't bounce like other things. But a disc is easy to predict. This foolish throwing a shield at me, and he he catches the shield. <laughs> he catches the U.S. agent shield and uses it to beat his ass. <laughs> Beats his ass and then takes his shield. <laughs> and, a, and then um, uh, so they and so they take off. But then we cut to the end. Um, there's a surveillance camera. Like damn, these Daredevil and and lecture just like showed up to this prison broke everybody out they're on camera and they don't even give a fuck it's like they want us to know and then it shows cap and tony like yep we gotta go get them and that's where it ends time to bring in daredevil okay so it's kind of like a international he's out of hell's kitchen yeah yeah okay yeah pretty cool this was fun four out of five okay cool cool all right next book i'm gonna do maybe last i don't know we'll see how it goes uh (laughs) Uh, we're going to do Action Comics number 1049. Now, apparently DC is like hyping the shit out of this book because it's the issue before 1050. And it's supposed to say in 1050, it's supposed to be where all the shit hit the fan. They're saying this is basically the book, The Calm Before the Storm. That's what they're saying, you know. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, basically, it left off with, you know, Dark Side Kids came to kidnap Superman's kids. And the book ended with everybody just getting a big ass fight, you know. So let's just see where we go from there. Um, starts off with Metallo. Uh, like I said, Lex Luthor gave him uh, some some equipment that let him build a new body, but he told him, "If you build that body, you work for me now." And uh, Metallo, like, no, it's not true. So as soon as he put puts his body together, he gets a hologram from Lex Luthor, like, "Oh, you put the body together? Okay, cool. I got a job for you." And that's when Metallo's like, no, I'm not working for you. He's like, no, you don't understand. If you don't work for me, you die. And Metallo's like, yeah, I know. That's what I expect. So Metallo's about to kill himself. He's like, look, 
I'd rather die than work for you again, Luther. He was like, before you do that, did your sister visit you today? She's like, what the hell you do to my sister? Well, the thing was, her boyfriend and her co-worker end up dead today. And the gunshots are traced by a gun that has her fingerprints on it. He was like, you bastard. He was like, but here's the thing. Don't, don't worry about your sister because I, I made sure that she got put in a LexCorp funded prison. And depending on what I say, she might get a lawyer that understands her situation if you do what I say, you know. So basically, Metallo has no choice. He's got to work for Lex Luthor. He was like, you stay, you stand by and I'll let you know when it's time to do some shit. Tomorrow, you fight Superman and don't worry about it. When you fight Superman, I'm going to make sure y'all on the same level. Matter of fact, you're going to be above him. So it's gonna be, not going to be like the fights have before. And this we go to Superman fighting Superman, uh, Darkseid's uh, sons. And they're both going at him. And basically, Calabac is shooting at him. He was like, I can't fight Superman. All I find was some old-ass dude that just weakened by the Red Sun. And he blasts Superman's in the face. Superman just takes the shit. He's like, give me this shit. Breaks the shit. And basically, Superman's just like, no, you heard wrong. I'm way stronger than what you thought I was last time. And blasts everybody away. And Orion's like, oh, damn, so you are stronger. And he was like, look, here's the thing. I know you came here. Orion, I know you came here for two things. You came here to take my family, take a boy from my family, and you thought you came here for an easy fight. But I'm going to tell you two things. You're wrong on both of them. So Superman's just like, let's do this. And he's like, okay, let's let's go. So before we get the big fight before Superman and Space Gods, we cut to some bullshit with Bibbo and Lois Lane rescuing, you know, everybody else and shit like that. So they're rescuing people. Uh, you know, Orion's getting the shit kicked out of them. And... One of that kid they're looking for, his name is Othal, Othal, some shit like that. Anyway, he, he's got, he's not a Kryptonian, but he has superpowers and shit too. But the thing was, while he's doing that, Desaad sneaks up on the kid and tries to kidnap him while Orion and Calabac get, get the shit kicked out of him by Superman. So Desaad's going to try to complete the mission by himself. But when he does that, that demon that's inside that boy cuts loose, knocks Desaad unconscious, and he's about to like destroy everything around us. So Superman stops fighting. Oh, Saul, that's name. Oh, Saul. So Superman just talks him down. He was like, don't worry, control yourself. That demon did inside of you. You control him. He didn't control you. And the boy just calms down, you know. So that's it. So they hug it out. And Orion just like, see Superman, you see what's happened. This boy has too much power on him. And so the boy is coming with me no matter what. And Superman was like, well, you welcome to try, but we just re- you just realized that you're not taking the boy from me because I just kicked everybody's ass. Meanwhile, Bibbo was looking like he did some shit like, yeah, you know. Uh, so Orion's just like, well, that's fine. I'm going to leave, but I'm going to get that demon out of that boy. And whether he lives the process or not after I do it, that's on you, Superman. So and they go back to uh, Apocalypse and that's it, you know. So they cut to it. Superman goes to World World. Simple, simple thing. He tells everybody in World World. And World World worships Superman. He's, he's their religion. They call him the unblooded sword because he he taught them how to beat the enemies without killing them. So that's why I call him the unblooded sword. And he basically tells them uh, the United Planets have found planets for all of you. Y'all going home. And if Mongol ever tries some bullshit again, just let him that you're Superman's people and he can't do shit with you. So he like burns his Superman signal in, in the ground and they leave. That's it. Yeah. So that's the end of the World War story. That's done. This guy's out of here, you know moving on past that oh and this weird baby wakes up that may be a thing i don't know we're gonna come back to that maybe baby dark side 
not baby dark side it's just a baby a weird looking baby that just wakes up when everybody starts chanting so obviously that's not good and i think lex luther talked to that baby also yeah meanwhile uh talking about lex luther oh talking about uh <clears throat> metallo he's talking to this guard this guard is like hey uh john you're like, damn, why you got to be here, Tony? I was hoping Victor would be the one to be here because I always liked you, Tony. You was my friend. You always come by my real name. Everybody else is calling me Metello. But, oh, well, you got to go. It kills Tony. Who's the artist, man? This is dope. I don't know who the artist is. He's, he's been on this Superman book for Metallo's a while. Metallo's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, like the way he just shadows and kills him off panels, shit like that. Yeah. yeah. And then Lex Luthor's like, okay, you done with the Hallmark car shit? Kill that guy and get the fuck up out of there. He looks like so, a Terminator, like an endoskeleton Terminator. Like which that. was what Metallo always was. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if they made Metallo because he made like right after the first Terminator movie. So yeah. Uh, so Lex Luthor recruited Metallo and we find out that Manchester Black has been on Lex Luthor's payroll the entire time. That's how Lex Luthor knows so much shit about what happened in the war world. Because Superman recruited him and Manchester Black told Lex Luthor everything about him. Even about that, that weird ass baby too. He told him about that too. So and Lex and Manchester Black like I don't want anything to do with you, Lex Luthor. I'm out of it. I gave you information. You're done. And Lex Luthor like, no, you're not done. You're done when I say you're done. And he does the same shit and shocks him, knocks him unconscious. And he's just like, <laughs> I got one more thing for you to do. And that's the book. Next issue, Project Blackout. So basically, the whole thing Lex Luthor been scheming for. The next issue all comes to head. So basically, Lex Luthor been scheming like the last five issues. You know, in both this book and in, in uh, the John Connor, John Constantine, John Kent book, yeah. So that's it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna pick up the next book. There's supposed to be like a huge book. Tom Taylor's supposed to be on it. That guy's supposed to be on it. It's supposed to be the book that's supposed to set the status quo for Superman going in next year. So, oh shit, it's supposed to be a big thing. So yeah. So right. uh, I will do Alien number three. The okay. new of this new story arc. Um, so this new story arc, a bunch of synthetics. You know, Lex takes it, it's, it's prep time. Can I have prep time? Yeah. <laughs> He's anti-Batman. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so this new story arc, Aliens, there's a synthetics. The androids, like Bishop and Ash. Um, they're, but they're, they're, they call them the Steel Squad or whatever. Or the Steel, the steel Team. They're a military faction of the androids that were used for war. And they're, they're not humans. They're androids. They can go where no other humans can. So um, they get recruited to go find – there's a planet that um, was overrun by aliens, and they had to nuke the planet to get rid of them. Turns out, though, another, on another planet, there's a disease. That, that, there's this terminal disease that's wiping out everybody. And they believe the cure for this this virus um, is in the alien DNA, and they need an egg of the special um, species of alien that they were developing on this planet that they had to nuke. The problem is the planet is all full of radiation; they can't send humans down. So they get this android military, the Steel Team, Steel Team Six or whatever, to go down mm -hmm. and recover this alien egg. So they go down and, you know, on this planet, um, you know, the counter aliens, they shoot, this is SU-3. They find out that there's humans living on this planet. 
where they, they shouldn't be. Humans should not be alive on this planet because it's radiated. But here's a group of humans on there. They find them, and this is where it picks up. It turns out that you know they're survivors that they've um, that they were using. They actually used that egg to fe- to heal themselves, to to cure themselves, and so they're now they're like the next breed in human evolution by you know being having this alien DNA within themselves within their bodies um and the seal the 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 robots are like okay well if you help us get another egg which is in the hive the alien hive we'll rescue you we'll bring you back you know we'll get you off this planet so um they agree okay we'll take you to the hive so that's what this is it's them going and going to the hive you know there's like acid rain that you know they have to you know you know there's always there's all these storms and it's like acid rain and the aliens don't like the acid rain so they like they use the acid rain as cover to sneak themselves into the alien hive once they get in there the humans lock the door and like close the gate and they're like yeah we're not you can't take that egg off this planet you're not we're not you know if if saving humanity means turning in everybody into aliens no you're not doing that so the humans like lock the androids inside the hive and that's where it says to be continued um the the one the alien or the android leader the squad leader like damn humans we can't trust them and that's where Mm -hmm. you know and then this is the last panel there's a queen in there so now they gotta fight the hive and the queen (laughs) so um it was okay this was a lot of a lot of talk, a lot of exposition. This is basically the whole issue was them on the journey to the hive. And while they're while they're traveling, it's the humans explaining what's going on on the planet. So a lot of exposition, um, a little bit of a lull, but then it still had, oh, packed a bit of a wallop at the end, little bits of action here and there, but it was mostly just an exposition dump, this issue. So I'll give it a three out of five. I still like the story. I still think it's a pretty cool idea. You know, these, this military squad of androids that are, you know, going around shooting aliens. So it's like, it's like the second, it's like the, 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 the Marine, the space Marines, only they're androids, you know? So. Nice. Okay. I'm not going to do my next book. I, I was oh. going to do it. What was that it? book Batman? would take me? Batman Incorporated. <laughs> Did that come out? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, now I think about it, like, damn, I missed that. Okay. Uh, but now I, I was going to do like Dark Crisis like two weeks ago. But oh, like a, that oh, book like, has way too much going on. Now. I don't feel like explaining it right now. So yeah, okay. I may that do it, it like next you, week or sometime. You got you got anything else? Nah, that's it. That's all I got. Oh, you're booked I, out. I'm booked out. Yeah. That's, that's oh, okay. Well, I'll just do. I'll get through this real quick. I only got one more since I got the image. I mean, I don't have to do it, but I got the image, so I might as well just do it. go for it. I, I got the image too. So yeah. <laughs> all right, Yoda number one. This is a new Yoda series, a new Star Wars book. Yeah. If you Between didn't Yoda. read this, Eli, I would have questioned your your fandom <laughs> i almost did it i almost did it like i said i'm kind of like money's tight right now and i'm like do i need a fourth book do i need it should i get this it's yoda uh, i mean so yeah I, I thought this would have been your first book you would have thought about the other books cutting that's what i thought <laughs> <laughs> so I, I reluctantly got it and it was, it was pretty cool it was pretty cool this is just yoda kind of like the obi-wan book the, that obi-wan series that i that just came out recently where he's just like remembering his past life or whatever this is Yoda on Dagobah, um, just remembering shit, remembering a time. 
um, when, you know, what was important. And basically he remembers a time he had to go save this village from a bunch of outlaws, barbarians coming in to rape and pillage them. Um, kind of like a Western, like he's the gunslinger going into the town that needs with, you know, with the corrupt, you know, outlaws and shit. And he saves the town kind of like that. It's got like that type of vibe, that type of a uh, scenario. Um, so he remember, yeah, he's, it's just him reflecting about and, and how the, there's like this village of there's some village, this planet, and they're getting invaded by these marauders. They're coming through and, you know, destroying their village. And they put out a call to Coruscant, like, yo, we need help. And uh, the Jedi Council, they hear it. They're like, yo, this planet, well, where the fuck is this planet? We never even heard it. Oh, it's some backwater planet out in the outer rim. No one gives a fuck about it. Um, I guess we'll send some folks and shit, you know, just go check it out. But it's not like these are this is the Jedi Council <laughs> basically <laughs> saying, yeah, it's some shitty fucking planet. No one cares about. I, I guess we can, you know, but Yoda's like, no, I'm going to go. And like, Yoda, you're like the illest Jedi ever. Why are you go? You don't need to go to this shitty it's little like fucking, overkill, right? Yeah. Yeah, this shithole fucking planet. <laughs> go help mm. these people. You don't need what do you you're 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 like the best Jedi. You your your place is here. He's like, no, I'm going. Yoda's like, I go, go where the force takes me, I will, or whatever. <laughs> so he goes to this planet and fucking, you know, and basically kicks the fucking uh, ass, kicks ass, helps these uh these this this village. You know, takes a here's this cool shot of him, you know, force grabbing all their weapons, all the guns away, and then cutting them down and just doing just Yoda kicking ass, you know. And then he's like, you know what, I'm gonna stay here a while. I'm gonna stay here and make sure this village is safe. I'm not just gonna come and start a bunch of shit with these assholes and then leave. They'll leave y'all. I'm gonna stay as long as it takes to make this village safe. I will stay. That's how long I'm gonna be here for. And then he tells that to the fucking the council like yo i'm gonna be here a while they're like why what the fuck yoda why are you there why are you messing around with these assholes these these poor peasants this is the jedi council <laughs> you know so i think that's i think that's what he's getting at how he's the, the important that like, all life is is sacred all life right. is precious you know we have to protect everybody regardless of their class or their you know their money or their status or, or race or whatever you know, every everybody needs protection, and that's why he's there. So it was pretty cool, you know. And just seeing Yoda whoop ass is, is always fun, you know. I always love, you know, I, 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 as much as I shit on the prequels, mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones, as boring as that fucking movie is, it had Yoda whooping ass. It's the first time I got to see Yoda whooping ass. But thirty seconds of that movie, it yeah. was good. <laughs> but out of that fucking whole, out of all the prequels. I think that's the only time I like jumped up in my seat and went, oh, and that's the only moment of the prequels where I literally lost my shit. <laughs> Attack of the clones. <laughs> Yoda with a lightsaber. Well, yeah, that, that this is pretty cool. And, and this was, it, it was, I'm glad I did buy it because I, I almost didn't read this. <laughs> you know, so yeah, oh. I'll give it a four out of five. Fuck it, it's my book of the week. Five out of five. Yeah, I was I was wondering when you're gonna read it. I was like, yeah, I would, because I honestly I was gonna get it myself. But I was like, hey, Eli, I get it. I see <laughs> yeah, I was like, eh, another Star Wars book, Yoda. I'm like, oh, he's remember. It's gonna be like the Obi Wan book where he was remembering shit. But then I read it. I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. then seeing uh, yeah, like and then making a comment about the dogmatic view of the Jedi or whatever. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> bringing up how the Jedi lost their way and, you know, that they were becoming corporate assholes in a way. Didn't want Yoda to go, like, go, go, to, go to this planet was beneath Yoda. And Yoda's like, nah, fuck that shit. I'm a Jedi. <laughs> so so was this a one shot or? No, it's a, this is another issue coming. This is he's staying Okay, there. this is this series. There. Okay. Yeah, he's staying there. Like okay. the last issue or the last panel was those barbarians like looking through like the binoculars going oh there's that little green bastard we're burning to their village to the ground and that's where it says to be continued so that's it's it's still there it isn't just like like the obi-wan book was like each issue had like a small story you know like a different memory like every issue was a different memory from obi-wan's life this seems to be like a a, a, a one story like a over a few issues so I'm gonna check it out. It's fun. It was cool. Cool. And I ain't really reading. A, I haven't. I'm not really reading a, any other Star Wars. Like I haven't really read. I was on the High Republic books. I was doing the Bounty Hunters books, but I dropped all that shit after that War of the Bounty Hunters thing and the whole and big crossover. Shira, the Crimson Rain, and all. I I haven't read any of that shit. <clears> you know? <throat> like yeah, where Kira was gonna go assassinate Vader. Like, shh. Right. Yeah, I'm That's not that reading. Right. I'm not reading twelve issues of that to know what she's not going to kill him. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. So yeah, I haven't really read much Star Wars comics in a while. So I was like, yeah, fuck it, Yoda. So cool. yeah. Yeah. If you listen this long, uh, definitely like, share, subscribe. Like I said, I don't know what's coming up next week. We'll find something to talk about. Like I said, we'll be in the middle of December by then, so we'll be acting in Christmas month. You know, we'll go from there. Oh, uh, about the time I, I start uh, us to start doing our wrap ups. You know, oh yeah, like the best of years. The yeah. best of, yeah. It's just it's starting to think about it. That's all. We're not going to yeah. do it next week, but you know, we're going to start thinking about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. We talk to you guys next week. Same bullet time, same bullet channel. Out on the third planet, closest to the sun, there's a special celebration, and it sounds quite fun. A jolly old fellow brings toys to everyone on a holiday they call Christmas. Now I'm not gonna lie, it makes no sense to me But here's what Earthlings told me About this Christmas mystery Santa is a furry freak with epic superpowers He flies to every human home in under 14 hours He's a master burglar, a pro at picking locks don't leave milk and cookies out He will put dung in your socks If you act nicely through the night And don't jump on your bed Santa comes with sugar plums And hurls them at your head But if you're on his naughty list He shoots missiles at your toes might just roast your chestnuts with his powerful flamethrower. Rain, 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 rain. Dear, 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 dear. I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. He's compelled his creepy elves to do his every wish. Once sought to be a dentist, now he's sleeping with the fish. Mrs. Claus, she works the pole, plans her man's demise. Soon the elves will all.
Dear.